Welcome to the Travel Companion podcast. Um, last Saturday, I was on a panel uh, talking about responsible travel, volunteering, and the future of travel. Um, this was organized by Mani Mahesh of Green People. It's an Indian uh, travel company. One of the things they do is Goat Village. I actually did a podcast with Mani uh, a while ago, which you can still find, by the way, on podcasts.earth forward slash green people. Um, it was a very interesting discussion, um, so I would like to share a part of it, a small part of it. The rest you can listen to on uh, Facebook, and the link is provided in the show notes. So without further ado, here is part of the panel discussions. How's London? Oh, uh, London is uh, very quiet uh, on the streets. Uh, they just opened up a little bit more, but... Um Still, it's nice. I don't take any public transport or anything like that because obviously that's that's not the safe thing to do here. Uh, this country here is UK has been hit hardest in in in, in Europe. Uh, over thirty thousand people dead, and uh, I see a lot of people that you know on on Facebook forums and uh, discussions, and they don't believe the whole thing. And but once you actually start missing people that are around you, then it hits. Then you think, oh, it's actually true. You know what's going on. Right. I think that's the case with urban India where, you know, we've not faced the effect yet. We've mm -hmm. not like kind of, uh, most of us not like gone through what's actually happening. So people are taking it still, I would say a little easy. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I can really imagine uh, my, one of my friends, uh, father in Italy committed suicide. Oh yeah. Uh, during the lockdown yeah why and, do you know why or uh, just depression or i think it was just depression triggered yeah. by the whole whatever was happening yeah so uh, is is london people moving around they're allowed to move around or yes they're allowed uh, to if necessary go to work if you can't work from home um you're allowed now to exercise as much as you want so go outside and, but you have to keep a distance of two meters from everyone which doesn't always happen and you know, right. you can see as well, people have been locked up and they get a little bit um, irate with other people on the streets. I, I do myself, uh, you know, especially when there's a bicycle on the footpath, like 30 centimeters away from me. And then I, you know, like, what are you doing? You know, go on the road and stay at least two meters away from me. But, you know, this right. just depends. But yeah, people can can move around, but that doesn't mean they, they should really, because, you know, a few couple of weeks ago, there were like 11 bus drivers in, in England dying in one week so that means public transport is just not the way to go is it wow yeah wow these numbers yeah when when, when you're talking numbers it becomes scary and real yeah for some people some people still don't believe it i mean you know they say it's oh it's all a conspiracy and the normal flu kills as many people but they don't see that it's exponential the disease you know you can if you have it yeah. you might not even know it but you can really infect other people, like 10 people around you, and they can infect 10 other people. So you have to be very careful, I think. Yes, yeah. because India is now ready to, you know, kind of open up, especially Delhi is planning to open up soon. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, because we we just can't stay in lockdown is what the government is saying. Mm. Because of the economy, people have to work and eat, right? Yeah. Yes. It's, it's more on humanitarian grounds, so is, is what they're saying. Mm. So, is facing a, a final panelist who's uh, about to join. Mimi is facing some technical issues. Uh, one of the team members is uh, helping her out. So, Mimi, I think we can begin. Uh, uh, people have joined us, uh, some people have joined us live on Facebook. So, good afternoon and namaste. My name is Mani Mahesh, and 
I'm the co-founder of Green People. So I welcome you all once again uh, to the panel. So what, according to you, is the then and now of travel that you see, especially among Indians, and how much do you think we have deviated up or down on the on the sustainability graph? For me, uh, the middle class is what I would use as my target group, and I would say that in two decades we've seen the Indian traveler span, um, you know, destinations from uh, within India uh, to um, uh, sort of more uh, easier destinations abroad, like Thailand and. Dubai would be there, one London would be more aspirational. And then we saw the emergence of the millennial traveler, the, the traveler that uh, wanted more immersive experiences, that wanted to travel to uh, countries that nobody else had traveled to, you know, so they would do Japan and China. And so even within China, there was a huge population of Indians that wanted to see it, uh, but they carried their theplas and chanas with them, you know. So, but there was that desire to see and explore uh, something beyond just Thailand and Dubai. And uh, till three months ago, I thought people wanted more immersive, more experiential travel, uh, more sustainable travel, uh, places that people hadn't been to before, which were connected to nature. So I would say there has been, I mean, this is a very wide discussion. So I would just leave it at this and have the others also put in their bit and then I'll come back with, with the finer nuances of what I'm trying to say. What kind of potential uh, do you see among, you know, some of the lesser known destinations and uh, rather lesser explored landscapes in India? So, yes, I've been to, uh, you know, the smaller cities and, and, and I've realized one thing that there is something uh, to be because we are such a vast country of such diverse, uh, you know, uh, geography uh, of culture, of language and of uh, visuals, uh, you know, from desert to sea to land to, you know, villages to, you know, urban uh, fairy tale castles. We've got everything going. I have traveled the length and breadth of what is what is traditional tourism within India and those that are smaller areas. You know, I've been an avid trekker. So, you know, off the beat, off beat destinations where I've stayed in uh, little village homes, uh, you know, with belly, you know, beds to share and all of that. And I found so much more joy and I've always seen the potential of people wanting those kind of experiences, but not knowing how to access them. And uh, possibly the paucity of uh, people trying to produce such experiences for travelers like me. Do you think that millennials are a better lot and a more evolved uh, generation or segment of travelers? You know, being different travelers when we are in India uh, uh, and, you know, the minute we get on the flight, we become different travelers. I think some of it, unfortunately, goes down to what do you think you can get away with? So sometimes in India, you can get away with, uh, you know, some improper behavior or not being concerned for environment or, you know, people around you. So that attitude has to change. And I think it's, uh, it has changed a lot. Uh, you know, just like what Minnie was mentioning, I think we have a lot of travelers who are evolved. And I don't think this is so much a factor of whether you're millennial or whether you're a particular age group. I think it comes with, you know, uh, you know, been there, done that. Once you go to a few places, you get smarter. Uh, yeah. And at least those of you who, who want to absorb and learn the good things, you do it. So sometimes you have millennial travelers who behave just as badly as their parents, if, if I can uh, say that. So that's, that's uh, one part of it. How safe is India? 
for solo women travelers in your opinion and uh, i'll be honest that i personally haven't done too many solo travels i usually you know hook up with friends travel to a place meet people and then you know go around with them but i have a loads of friends who are influencers and travelers who are women who are doing solo travel what they feel is that you know it's part of the country where they feel safe and there are certain parts they don't feel safe so like a northeast is a their go to place like you know they want to go to arunachal they want to go to nagaland they want to go to mizoram and solo is okay kerala is okay you know uh, goa is fine but then there are parts where they don't feel safe at all especially during the public transport okay? like in the bus they are very you know kind of alert and uh, they don't know what's going to happen uh hills again they're very comfortable with so it's actually in index parts and you know so maybe a rajasthan might not be on their bucket list as a solo traveler but northeast would be so i think it's it's very dependent on where and also the home stay so a lot of uh us start have started liking like mini also said experiential travel you want to absorb the place and uh, so homestays is a big thing airbnbs are a big thing and these these homestays we you we feel safe in certain parts of the country not everywhere so you know on uh, when somebody's traveling to delhi i probably would not recommend you know come come solo but somebody's going say for example to uh, to munnar or varkal i would say you know please go ahead as travel influencers and bloggers i feel put out information instead of just putting out pretty pictures uh, of how beautiful the place is show the reality you know what is the real thing what are the good homestays that you stayed in what was your experience what are the hostels which are you know accommodating so uh, there is a lot actually the social media community can do by portraying the real the reality of of the land rather than just showing a pretty picture of your back against the sunset you know uh, so i feel uh, at this stage travel uh, influencers are even more important in the sense for spreading the right information so a lot of responsibility lies with them and i feel and i hope that they do the right thing you know instead of just encouraging travel again once things get better to do it responsibility uh, responsibly and also to promote travel in a way where it is not about checking a bucket list but actually spreading experiences Peter, I'll move to you. Uh, you have travelled extensively, uh, and while travelling, you've volunteered extensively. Tell us about it. Yeah, uh, well, you, you talk about millennials, but um, actually, I think the next generation is is more important, which is the uh, Generation Z, and that makes up uh, one third of the world population, and the world population is seven point seven billion, so that's two point five billion. And there have been a number of surveys, if you believe in surveys, uh, that is, of course, uh, but there was like 59% of, of those Gen Z generation, they said, well, they want to travel and want to give back to the world. They want to do something, they think more about their environmental impact. So um, according to the um, United Nations World Tourism Organization, they say that, uh, well, before the, the virus, that was, of course, they said 1.6 billion people would be traveling annual. Um, that means that of the Gen Z generation, that's only one part, obviously, but that means more than more than 200 million would actually travel to give back uh, and really, you know, think about the environment, think about their impact. 
and also uh, feel that they should really do something like volunteering. And, and I think that's that's quite important. So it's a massive market, uh, I would say. When I did it myself, I was just, that's a while ago. Obviously, I'm not even a millennial uh, traveler at this point. I was just, I was in Kenya at that point, uh, staying in a hostel in Nairobi. Uh, there was a, as a matter of fact, uh, a post on, on the notice board uh, just saying, hey, uh, do you want to help build a clinic in Amasamari? It's one of the nature reserves. The guy was an Australian guy who did that. And I saw the notice together with a Canadian. Um, we went there. Um, the guy had no budget whatsoever, so we had to pay for our own food. Uh, we slept in my own tent. And we just were a couple of weeks there. But you really immerse yourself uh, in, in, in the culture, which was, was, was amazing, really. And you really see how people live and how they deal with tragedy. Um, it was a, one day they were like, you know, uh, drinking and, and eating with, with, with the people there. And the next day there was a little girl that just, just died out of nowhere. Just, just had a, she just died. And they were all crying for one day. But the next day it was like, you know, they went back to normal. Like nothing has happened whatsoever. And it just makes you think, well, that's totally different from, you know, what we have in our society. So I think you really, if you volunteer um, and you do it in a right way, uh, you can really, I think, you know, you can help change lives. You really immerse yourself into the culture. Obviously, there's also, you know, bad volunteering as well. And it was very recently pointed out uh, by author of Harry Potter, J.K. Rawlings. Um, she said that orphanage tourism, for example, is really, really bad. Uh, and I've heard this before as well in on, on Twitter and uh, one of the talks there. It seems like that's 80 to 90 percent um, of, of the orphanage um, orphanages worldwide they actually have a living parent um most of them are uh, unregistered uh, they run like a business and uh, they drive families apart they make children uh, very vulnerable to to abuse um so that's something that you should not do and i'm very sorry for that 10 percent that actually do it the right way but there's a very high chance that it can go wrong as well um then if you look at, at, it can be done in the right way as well. I spoke to a lady from, from Argentina, uh, uh, Anna Palm in Argentina. Uh, they do whole groups coming in to do volunteering. And they fix primary schools. They help uh, the rural communities. They pick up uh, garbage from the beaches. And, you know, at the same time, that gives them those groups makes them stronger between themselves so it's not just millennials it's not just gen z it's it's all over the place everyone really wants to do it and it really gives you a better experience and a much more satisfying experience if you travel for me at least yeah also you know a lot of uh, mid-aged people who you know want to get out of their corporate cycle are actually going to options like me it's not just millennials. It's basically all the generation. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of people that uh, that want to travel, and especially nowadays, because you look at impact on the environment. If you go somewhere and you stay for a longer period of time, and at the same time you can do something good, it doesn't matter where you go. If you go to Ibiza, you can clean up the beaches as well. There's groups there as well that do that. And I think it's really really good and you get in contact with the locals as well so it's not just like you know you're a tourist and you go to a place and you look at the place from uh, from your window or from a minibus you actually really you immerse yourself with the local culture and i think you become a traveler not a tourist i think that's the difference uh, between being a tourist and being a traveler that you actually you don't just go to a place where you all inclusive you eat in your hotel you go to the beach you go back to your hotel you eat there again no you actually go out and you know you give back to the community. You spend money in the restaurants that are there. You make use of the local tour guides if you make use of a tour guide. And 
if you can help out at the same time to do something good for the environment, hey, awesome. What's going to happen? Supply chains are broken all over the world. And uh, you're going to see more re- local restaurants when they eventually open uh, in a post-lockdown era. And it's not just in India, all over the world. Depending more on local supplies. Because it's going to be a while before uh, you get ingredients from you know halfway around the world uh, with high carbon footprints. So what you're going to see is chefs, for instance, uh, working with local ingredients. Uh, so you're going to see an Italian restaurant in India for instance, working with, uh, you know, local ingredients, maybe using cilantro instead of uh, basil in, in a dish if required. So I think uh, this COVID uh, crisis might actually be uh, an opportunity for uh, farm folks. So that's one thing I want to share. What, what grows around your geographical, uh, you know, where you stay, uh, you sh- it's best to eat what grows around you. I mean, there's, there are lots of theories that, that have been written about it. And, and just likewise, I think everyone is getting very, very tempted to uh, go to places where you are actually seeing the manifestation of this farm to, to, to for, uh, concept. For example, uh, I have two resorts in Uttarakhand. One is uh, Solitude by the Riverside and one Solitude by the Himalayas. They started out at these homestays, but uh, they have their own fields. And uh, more and more people want to want those kind of holidays but they also want that comfort okay they don't want to really rough it out so while all this is great we have to also look at the other side and maybe ashwin and peter will be able to give us uh, more inputs on how we can make uh, it sustainable from both sides so how do we make it sustainable for businesses to operate like that okay where we can give uh, the modern traveler the comforts that they're seeking and yet be able to just borrow from the ground around them. Peter, do, do you have something to add? No, I, I think uh, I think it's uh, very clear. One thing I should say is that um, you might, you know, sustainable travel, environmental uh, travel is important, but at a certain point, for a lot of lot of people, it will come down to the cost. And if the cost is is, is prohibitive, so if, if it's just more expensive than you would normally spend, then a lot of people just say, well, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm looking at every penny that I have to spend. So you really have to make it the same price or perhaps put a little bit more on top of it. Um, but you have to make very clear where that money goes. And that that's one thing I really would like to say, because there's a lot of people that talk about, you know, traveling in the right way but when it comes down to it they say that they think well you know this is actually cheaper and this is cheaper maybe i should go with this one so you know make it make it affordable for people to travel in the right way that's what i would say can i just add something here money for example it's cheaper to stay you know uh, fat and it's more expensive to eat fit and eat more organic because till date i mean organic has this great premium over it okay it's even though it's uh, borrowed from the soil near you and we, we, you know, we're growing our own food, it's more expensive because it has to come to us from an organic source all marketed and packaged and we end up paying so much more to eat healthy than to eat a McDonald's burgers. A lot of people now who might probably be out of a job might say, okay, you know what, let's look at farming. Maybe you might have people going back and saying, okay, let me, I have this plot of land or and this could be across. It could be someone in a high-paying job. It could also be a migrant worker, for want of a better word, who's gone back, who needs to say, you know what, I already already had this patch of land and I was working in, you know, in, in a not-so-happy environment in Mumbai or Delhi. I can actually try and work this out to do something. And I think the role of uh, a lot of organizations is to help these people produce the right produce which restaurants need. And if there's some way we can bridge that, I think it'll be a win-win. So, uh, like Minnie said, you know, it's it's easier to be fat than eat healthy. 
so it all also boils down to like peter said cost you know a lot of us were you know who are younger a lot who's traveling is always looking at the cost i am a vegetarian now in the last two months that's a big change that has happened to me that i've become a vegetarian uh, and uh, i'm trying to eat only local i'm not buying pretty much anything processed uh, so hopefully some people like me uh, who are mindful are going to make that change you know there could be two ends to it one is people going mindful being low you know consuming local helping the communities the other could be that you know we only have this one life we don't know what's going to happen again to this world and let's just go all out but but cost is a big implication like mini and peter said you know uh, we have to get local good hygienic stuff available at a cost which is affordable for uh, gen z it's called uh, so yeah So that was uh, part of the panel discussion. Um, I'll put all the links in the show notes. Uh, you can find the latest news on podcast.earth. And thank you very much for tuning in. And uh, please do so next time as well for the latest news on sustainability and responsible travel. Thank you.